get crickets on Dave's show. So, so we're on. We're going. All Let's right. Do, it. do the show. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Oh, I'm Nat. And I'm Mike. All right. And welcome back to a brand new episode. And um, I misspelled dads again at the beginning. I noticed because I, I copy and pasted. The, da, uh, you, you gave us the honorific <laughs> DOS, which in uh, the Indian language, I believe, means something. Das Drugs. Yes. Das Drugs. Um, but yes, yes. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, welcome back. And don't forget to uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, like, subscribe, and um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, really could use your help on there. And I'd like to say that um, pleased to report that our Facebook page is starting to get some. The Facebook page is popping. Movement. Yes, things are happening there, as it, I promised they would. It is popping in the vernacular. Yes, um, people are introducing themselves. People are dropping by yeah. and telling us that we're better than drugs. And I, that was my favorite. Yes, yes, so <laughs> indeed. Come by and have a better fix than anytime. Yeah, we had a great show last week. It was really cool to get Aaron Moore, and I think we really brought up some. Um, some interesting topics, and uh, I feel like it's possible that we can um, get her to come back on and sort of be. The, we didn't scare her away for good, you don't no, think? She actually uh, expressed some desire to return. Did she listen to it? Do you know? She did. She did yeah, listen to did it. Did she have any comments? Uh, um, she's yeah, no, nothing specific. She <laughs> okay, didn't, right. I didn't get notes from general her, uh, appreciative. Okay, that's yeah. good. Great. Thank you, Aaron. We appreciate you uh, yeah. breaking the seal, as it were, for uh, the, as the first guest. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have cool. another guest today, but. Way. Right, uh, I forgot to announce that. Yeah. Who's, who's coming on today? Uh, Seamus McSeamus. Seamus. Uh, that's Seamus. A, <laughs> that's a, uh, obviously an um, alias, but uh, he's an old uh, old friend of mine who um, uh, achieved some measure of sobriety back in February. I used to run with him up in the Bronx and uh, mm. you know over the last year. So We're going to um, need those stories pretty soon, Mike. Yeah. 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 Well, you probably get some today. I've been hearing bits and pieces. This is it, you know, of uh, Mike's like, um, I call him the new Jack city stories yeah, well, crack in the 80s yeah. and um wesley snipes i'm sure will be there uh chris rock maybe yeah. you know well definitely rock chris, i don't know if chris is in chris rock shivering in a corner you know <laughs> with a crack pipe uh, if you haven't seen new jack city go rent that movie yeah that's a good one um yeah so but this week it's been pretty uh been pretty crazy as it is every week for us with our kids and um well i just dropped that thing on you just what a few the, minutes yeah, ago yeah, yeah okay so, so um, let's talk about that yeah um cub scouts right so uh mike and i both have kids in the same age in the same uh, geographical area i think they've been in the same den yeah in the same years. den which uh, i always thought was cool and um so uh mike's wife was like the cub Scout leader, the cub leader, or the den leader, the den mother. They used the to den call mother. Them, yes, I don't know if that's really. What, how, what I don't think you now. can say that the, the den human. Yeah, the um, den person. Right, uh, and she did a great job all these years. Yes, she did. And um, it was funny actually. Years ago, maybe three or four, um, when I first met your wife uh, at those Cub Scout meetings, um, I was really interested in, like, I was getting very into it. I'm like, man, I would love to be a Cub Scout, you know, a den leader and all of that. And uh, the woman who was leaving, she said, oh, would you think you'd want to do that? And I was right in the middle of 
having no car and <laughs> reporting to probation once a week and taking a train to my outpatient program like thrice a week. So sure, you'd love to take care of other people's you children know, for several times a month. But yeah, I'm like, and I'm thinking like, what's going to happen? Is my mom going to like drive me to the, you know? <laughs> and so I wasn't able to fulfill my dreams of being a uh, den leader. Well, we got one more year. We got to push them through the yeah. wee blows or yes. arrow of light as, as they are now. Uh, and then they can go their separate ways. But the thing is, I don't know if there's any interest anymore because the kids are just all over the place. There's They're not COVID interested you know. in anything. No, that's true. Except Especially for our kids. They, TikTok. That's a big one. Yeah. They don't play. He doesn't, he doesn't play sports, does he? Yeah, not really. No. I mean, I had him taking tennis lessons. I know that's where all the posh. But uh, I played tennis, and it's maybe the only sport I know anything about. Mm. Um, and he was, you know, we were getting lessons, and he was good. And since COVID, he's completely, you know, become this introverted uh, barnacle. Barnacle is a good ben. word for ben, it. Ben and the barnacle. Uh, and our our kids uh, happen to be friendly. Uh, might even call them friends. Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of on the same page with that stuff. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on uh, what you want them to do. Um, I think Cub Scouts is a nice, like, kind of middle ground between, like, being a sports kid and doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it tends to attract... uh, uh Folks on the uh, kids on the nerdier side of yes, things. Yes, yes, like uh, which like I, I was. was. Yeah, yeah, like me. <laughs> right. I was. In fact, I was in this very troop. Or me too. Uh, two fifty three. You were in two fifty three. I was in the late seventies. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me. Um, also, I mean, I was. Do I have in the to bleep the, na- the number of the pack? No, it's the no. leader of the pack. I just um, don't, you know, if some, somebody's trying to dox us, they can just you know, do it through the Boy Scouts. Yes, uh, everything is out in the open. But, any, you know, what, before we leave that topic, because it yeah. just brought up a, a, another thing that I don't know. Did we ever talk about that camping trip? Where, we, where you got wasted? Well, I wasn't wasted. No, I, I, was too, I was too scared to get wasted because I was in charge. You know? That's right. No, we haven't and, talked about that. And but everybody, all the other parents got, got absolutely shit faced, and I was I was scared shitless that the the guy who was running the camp was going to come over and throw <laughs> the whole pack out. No kidding. Yeah, because he walked through a couple times because he knew what was what. You see red solo cups, you know what's going on. Well, right? yeah, come on. It's funny because at that time I mean, you're not supposed to be no. any booze at all at those yeah. things. None. Well, my wife had come with us, so I was not. You know, I was on my best behavior, and uh, I would always be like, no, of course I don't drink. Of course not. And at that time, I was going through, you know, my uh, court-ordered stuff, and so I had to really be a a good boy as much as possible. So I remember we were both on that Cub Scout camping trip, and uh, when we started to go to bed, that one dude, who shall remain nameless. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) Touch the T, ends with an M. Uh (laughs) Wait, middle letter is an O. In any case... um, you know, he had come and be like, hey, man, like, we're going to, you know, hang up by the fire and you want to do a little drinking or whatever. And of course, I'm thinking to myself, absolutely, sure I would. would love to do that. <laughs> and then I <laughs> looked over at the tent. I'm like, oh, uh, thanks, man, but uh, I'm going to hit the hay. Yeah. Uh, but I remember seeing you there. And that was one of these very impressive times for you. For, from an outside look, I was like, wow, this guy. Well, I had a ship. Shirt, a Boy Scout you shirt. have the actual Boy Scout <laughs> shirt, and um, believe it or not, most people would think that's like completely, you know, nerdy and horrible. I, I was I jealous. Yeah. I was jealous. <laughs> I, I want one. If, you, if we do this, this you can get the shirt. 
I want the shirt. And you get a, badge, a little badge. It's yeah, like you're power you, tripping on the You were the that Cub dad Scout. with the yeah. Cub Scout shirt of his own. And um, <laughs> and so I was very impressed that, you know, and you had an older kid, too, who was right. doing, like, cooking and something. And I was impressed, I have to say. Well, thank you. That I, left a very, like, that guy has his shit together. There's no way he's a recovered crackhead. Yeah. Uh, right. Who would know? I, that know? was the, la- the last thing I was thinking of is you smoking crack. Well, and the funny thing is the first sort of wayward thing that I ever did in my life was at Boy Scout camp in Oneonta, upstate New York, or Antiora, rather, upstate New yep. York. Um, we had a, a wood carving uh, merit badge thing, mm-hmm. and I carved a pipe. <laughs> and I didn't even, it, I wasn't into drugs. I didn't even, you just I hadn't had a cigarette at that like point. It just came yeah. to me like I should carve myself a pipe. And when I did, some of the older scouts were like, can we borrow that? And they took it and they ran off with it. And they brought it back and it was burnt. And, you know, right, so. Borrow that anyway. for what? Um, uh, sorry, a little trip down memory lane there. Yeah, but. so that's just another place that our lives had crossed paths in the past. Uh, so are, let me know next yeah. week, by the <laughs> well, way. Yeah, well, now, okay, so it. having said that, Mike, wants me now to take over and him. Well, we could do it together because um, I assume there won't be as yeah, much Yeah, we drinking. can talk podcast stuff yeah. and won't get wasted together. Right. Um, you know, We do have to talk to the children, though. We do it's have to. Little, yeah, just I mean, a little bit. More excuses for me and Mike to hang out, frankly. Yeah, um, good. So we were both talking this week and um, incidentally, we both had drug dreams, we which did. is kind of weird. Yeah, the same night also. It was. Yeah. Um, and we're not sleeping in the same bed, just <laughs> in case you were wondering. Right. Separate beds. And separate houses, houses even, yeah, as yeah. well. <laughs> and uh, I forget who brought it up. Did, did you were the first one? I to did. Say, I like, said, "Man, I had a weird fucking dream last night." Right. Yeah. So, um, should I tell? I, I'll yes. just tell my dream. So, yes. um, I'm, I'm. Well, you know, no, sometimes there's nothing more boring than listening to people tell the dream. So, I'll, I'll give you the short version. <laughs> yes. I was in this neighborhood in the Bronx that when I lived up there, I always used to drive me and think, "Man, those people have really made it." And it's it's just some lousy middle class, right. you know. Up, you know. <laughs> But at the time, you know, compared to the rat-infested shithole I was living in, it seemed like Shangri-La, right? <laughs> but that, but that block always pops up in my dreams. Like it's one of those. I don't know if you ever have locales in your dreams that show up like over and over. For me, it's like airports and then this place. But so in my dream, I'm down there and I, and there's some people hanging out in the alley, and I go down there and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And it turns out it's like this huge open-air drug market, and they're selling crack and heroin. And I'm like. Huh. I'm like, I really, I really shouldn't be here and I shouldn't be thinking of that. And then I run into an old friend, uh, from, uh, from law school who is like, Hey man, uh, you should do some crack and heroin. And I was like, it's a great advice. I was like, well, because it's you asking, yes, I will. Of course. So, uh, there I, and I was doing it. And then I went back to my apartment, which was actually much nicer than the apartment I actually lived in Uh, when I was in there and continued to do that. Uh, for a while and, and woke up um, feeling very concerned. Uh, so it wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of detail, but you know, the weirdest thing is you, you do that shit and, you, and I don't really ever do heroin. So not, I think I was usually, high yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on heroin, but I'm not, but I definitely felt like I was cracked up in my dream, which is very fucking weird. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't get that. That's what we call a free lapse in the business. Yeah, like it was, uh, you know, yeah. where you get to have, you know, get high in your dream. And, um, I don't remember as much of my dream should have written it down, but it had to do with, it was like heroin. I mean, there was a theme. It was in the dream. I started, using again and I was in in a situation that I used to be in quite a bit which where which I was hiding from my family my wife and I was secretly you know using 
and in the dream, and uh, anytime I get these dreams, and I did not get a free lapse, um, but I remember Sorry. I had it and I was hiding it, and then my wife was calling me out on it, and it was just that um, that feeling, that anxiety of she knows, yeah. you know, and how many times have I been there before, you know, that even if, uh, you know, I'd been hiding it for however long and she sees something or smells something and then, you know, it's that moment of recognition where your partner just like knows and you know, but the kids are there so she doesn't want to freak out. So right. it's like unsaid. Ugh. And uh, I can feel the tension in my yeah. heart right now. Oh my God. It's killing so, me. That's uh, that's what I got to dream about, but it happened on the same night. And yeah, that was weird. I don't know. What do you think it is? Do you think it's because we're talking about it now regularly? I mean, I mean, I've talked more about crack in the last uh, six weeks <laughs> than I have in the last you know ten years. So maybe that's some of that stuff is working its way out in my head. I yeah. mean, the, the end of my dream, I remember it ended just like every crack binge I used to have, you know, I, I clutching a Bible and shivering well, under. Yeah. Well, under more or less. Shift. I mean, you look, the, the, the sun is, it's dawn is breaking. Oh. You can hear the birds going. Oh my and, God. You know, you know, it's just that whole, you, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Everybody out there. Oh, um, but I used to have a lot of uh, drinking dreams when I first quit drinking a, yeah. a year or so ago. And those were like almost every night for like the first. No kidding. You know, yeah. Yeah. yeah I and mean, I was always uh, so relieved. I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, oh thank, thank God, God I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's um, one of my therapists uh, uh, when I was an outpatient at one particular place. Um, someone had asked him, you know, oh, they said they were concerned. You know, I'm having drug, drug dreams. Is that like, OK, like, what does it mean? And this particular guy, his uh, professional opinion was that it was healthy to have drug dreams because it's your, according to him, it's your, it's like a healthy way of working out those feelings. Um, and your brain kind of like walking you through that. And the question is, how did you feel when you did it more than anything? Like hmm. if in the dream you did it and you were like, yes, <laughs> and you woke up and you're like, yes, that was great. Not as healthy. Not as healthy as, <laughs> you know, the, the reaction that you had, which is like, oh my God, you know, when yeah. you wake up and you don't know if it was real or not. And, um, and so that's a healthy thing. I mean, look, Good. it's part of your past. I mean, that, that part of my brain has really uh, yeah. been lying there doing nothing for 25 years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I find that to be interesting, like, yeah. from your angle, because I have been so ensconced in um, recovery and groups right. and the therapy and, like, nonstop for the past, like, six years. And then you just stopped drinking one day. Um which yeah. is, seems like a miracle to me. And it makes me question, Mike, whether or not you're one of us. Yeah. Are you one of us? I mean... Alcohol uh, use disorder is a spectrum. But after you talk to Harry for a couple minutes, yeah. any doubt that I <laughs> belong to this little <laughs> club should, should disappear. Yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that's just one way of, you know, proving, so to speak, that... Uh, it is a spectrum and, you know, you were able to stop drinking. Uh, and then what made you stop? Well, maybe we won't get, cause we could talk for hours, but like <laughs> you stopped doing crack. Like when? 1991. And like what happened? You just uh, ran out? A, a series <laughs> of incredibly bad nights. Yeah. Followed by a, um, stopped for, um, probably a year and then started up again. Um, and I don't know. I just had an epiphany that if I wanted to 
do anything in life other than run from my apartment up to Marion Avenue right. and score drugs and do them alone in, in my apartment. Uh, I was going to have to do something. And my wife at the time uh, also was losing patience. And right. so you know, we were young, we didn't have kids, but, and, and we were like yeah. good party buddies for, for a while yeah. uh, until it wasn't such a good party buddy situation yeah. anymore and you know we had uh, decided we were going to move out of the bronx and we ended up moving up to buffalo so the g, oh, the g yeah well, tell me about Jesus. it moved to buffalo in in october Ugh. um <laughs> but you know so it was sort of a geographic but when yeah. i got up there that i was i was done for uh done drinking done everything well, that's, for, ama- that's like, amazing that's amazing years uh, yeah it's amazing you were able yeah. to do that um we can examine that more that, di- that didn't stick i mean by by 1993 no. i was that's when I first interacted with AA and, and mm. the recovery movement and stuff like that after I stole like some money from her and went out on <laughs> yeah. a bender. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, but, wow. Yeah, there's more to that, but, you know. Yeah, that's I mean, interesting. I mean, we can, we're going to get more into uh, Mike and I's story because actually we don't really know. I don't know, listeners, if you know this, but uh, Mike doesn't really know all of my story and I really don't have all the details yeah. on Mike's story. So, um there's a lot to sort of to, to mine there. Um, but we're not getting into it yet. That's going to be a huge Christmas special, maybe. Um, what did these guys <laughs> really do? There you go. Um, the other funny story that we were uh, talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe okay. what was it? Well, this is kind of interesting because over the weekend, you sent me a text uh, uh, message stream. We were just kind of riffing, and you said something like, you know, I remember one time Aaron came in and saw me sleep, sleeping at work. I wonder if she remembers that. And I said, oh, yeah, she remembers that. Yeah. Because uh, she she told me back. This is this like, like maybe three years ago, yeah, four years. Maybe, maybe thereabouts, yeah. right? I mean, the, only the been shop here was for open. Three years. Yeah. yeah. And she came in and, and you were Sleeping. I'm doing the air quote thing. I was in a chair yeah. facing the television. Right. Like passed out, right. basically. Not like nodded out. I had been drinking. So Aaron said, uh, comes home and says, man, Nat must be working his ass off at the store because he was, <laughs> yes. I went in there and he was fast asleep in the chair. And, oh, um, and the horror. And so, so then my wife proceeds to call your wife. Lovely. And, or runs into her somewhere at some function and says, you know, poor Nat is working so hard because yeah, I come in the store Nat. and he was fast asleep and and Aaron said to me at the time she's like when I said that to Christine she freaked out yeah it was like what is he doing what's going on <laughs> she you was know? pissed and we we at the time we were like, like ooh, geez you know <laughs> what what's, what's up with that and uh well I come to find out later that you know He's, you were in the middle of some you know <laughs> horrific you know yeah some stuff that was uh and that was horrifying that was me like Oh, man, I was hoping that didn't get anywhere because I was, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what I was into at the time, but definitely drinking and I was definitely drinking on the sly. Um, and um, my wife knew it and I was doing the dance with her where, you know, I'd be trying to hide drinking and I had, you know, I could come to my shop and I would drink, you know, on the sly, like at the shop. I wouldn't get blasted, but um, it was before I even really was getting any customers. I almost wasn't fully open. Mm. Uh, I've got plenty of excuses. And um, <laughs> and so, and then when she came in, because she's, your wife is like one of the, um, the Cub Scout moms. Right. You know, and she was like the last, if not, you know, one of the last people I ever wanted to see me in that kind of situation, you know? <laughs> so that was horrifying for me. Um, 
And uh, I mean, she didn't think you were wasted at the right, time, right? Which is great, you know. And, I love, and that's what I assume. I'm like, people aren't going to think you. Know, well, no one's like, going to assume if they see you napping in the middle of the day at work. But like that if you're I saw wasted, you know? but I would assume that you would, you, you and know? I would, but you know, you know. So that was uh, <laughs> just another way that uh, Mike and I crossed paths yeah. uh, early on and uh, in our lives here before before we came to God um, or whatever this is. Um, okay, so uh, what time is Seamus expecting us? Seamus is expecting us right now. Okay. Uh, so you think I would have connected the Bluetooth to the board <sighs> I beforehand. forgot to say that to you. And it's just more editing for you. That's yeah. really what it is. Well, I edited out a lot of your verbal jujitsu last time. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing right about now. Um, oh, yeah, this, this device, ladies and gentlemen, is very cool. You Bluetooth in a phone. So we're not doing Zoom. Um, I think we should maybe look into doing that because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people use Zoom and they record it, and I'm not really sure how it works. We're ready. Get on the mic. Hello. Hello. It's Seamus. How you doing? <laughs> Hi, Seamus. Seamus. N- names may have been Hi. changed to protect the uh, the not so innocent. What's up? How are you the doing? Shameful. <laughs> yes. The shameful. The nameless and the Seamus. Yeah. Hey, I'm Nat. I'm the other guy on the phone. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I understand you have some dirt hey, on uh, this guy, on Mike. Mike yes, and I Mike go and way Seamus. back. <laughs> yeah, we do. Indeed. We do. How how and, far uh, back do we go, Seamus? How well, many years? I would say back to the fall of 86. Right. The uh, fall of 86. Yeah, so... I was um, a freshman in college, and I think you were a sophomore in college. Exactly. Uh, uh, Fordham University, I think I've said that before. I think Eisenhower was president. <laughs> no, it was definitely was Ronald Reagan. I preserve uh, the great institution's anonymity, but... Uh, but yeah, I've yeah. sold I've sold them down the river already. On yeah, this it's sort of impossible to uh, <laughs> to, to keep <laughs> us totally protected, but at least the names we'll hang on to here. The uh, all right. <laughs> the thing I was thinking about uh, before we sat down to talk today was exactly how much the Bronx changed, like even um, from when I got there in the fall of 1985 to when you got there in the fall of 1986, because. Uh, I recall when I first got there, and, and I don't know, for those of you who don't know, which is probably most of you, especially the people from Australia and Oklahoma, uh, Fordham <laughs> University is located in the middle of the Bronx, which is a borough of New York City, and uh, it's not located in the best neighborhood in, in the Bronx. Uh, the Bronx has a bit of a reputation, which is perhaps a little overwrought, but when it comes to the, the neighborhood that Fordham was situated in uh, during the 80s... Uh, Wait, w- so there's good neighborhoods good. in the Bronx? Yeah. That, well... That's funny you should say that because there is a there's an Italian uh, neighborhood which is was only good if you were um, white so and Italian. It's Italian it and that if it's, you were Italian. So it's loud and smells like garlic or uh, ooh <laughs> going with that one. <laughs> anyway, um, so so when I the first year that I was there, uh, w- there were a bunch of off-campus bars 
And walking to those, you'd have to walk down this one street. It was like running a gauntlet through like the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And in 1985, in the fall, the people who were hanging out on the stoop and whatnot, it was a very sort of chill atmosphere. It almost kind of reminded me of like a 70s show about the city, like almost like Sesame Street, but with 40 ounces and weed, you know? (laughs) So, so that was, that was great. And within a year, all those people on the stoop either disappeared or became crackheads. And the, the whole feeling, the vibe of the place changed. Wow. So, um, that's true. That's true. I remember because I first heard about crack cocaine in a Rolling Stone magazine article. I read about it and, uh, in my senior year of high school, which would have been 85. I was like, holy moly. I mean, I've been doing cocaine already. So I was like, what is, what is this? Could this be better than cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) You know, this, yeah, this, uh, concentrated um and then and and i remember actually being in florida which is where i live now and uh being invited to smoke free base and and going i don't know man i don't know about (laughs) it's not crack it's based i was like i'm okay you know i'll just uh i'll take a couple of lines and that'll be good for me you know but uh but feel free to do whatever you wish you know (laughs) <laughs> well, it, so yeah, that's that's I, that's true. I think the, the crack epidemic had really sort of just was getting its legs in in the fall of '86. Certainly for me, it was. <laughs> well, I mean, the first time I scored crack uh, up in that neighborhood, I remember walking down uh, Decatur Avenue, and some guy in an alley, you know, was furtively whispering, like, "Hey, man, you want a dime bag?" Because I was on my way to to visit the Rastas. Remember the Rastas? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, was that on Decatur? That was. Uh, that was on Marion, but but I was I was Marian, heading around the corner, and so the guy yeah. I was like, you know what? I don't feel like walking all the way up up there. Let me just buy a dime bag off of this guy. But he he sold me a, a dime, but it was a it was a dime. It was a bottle of crack, and that it was so. My first foray into that was was an accident. But <laughs> what did you do with it? Were you oh, like, yeah. I was like, well, I, what, I was like, I guess I should smoke this. I guess I, I kind of knew what it was. Go get a glass rose. And uh, yeah, well, you could buy a stem at the mobile mart or yeah. something, you know, well, I mean, but you went for it. You didn't yeah. like try and get your money back. What did, did you go to the Rastas a lot? Do you remember that whole scene? Uh, I, <laughs> I did, uh, Seamus. Yes. Oh, um, sorry. Shit. I'll, I'll bleep that out. No, I'm just it's fine. Nobody, nobody will. Well, I hope somebody concerned. listens to it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did. I did go to the Rosses, but uh, not all that much because I was actually selling weed myself and had my own uh, connections. Hmm. Uh, so in a pinch, I would. But if I if I was in need of any, uh, and I also I, I didn't know I didn't have money. You know, that, that was the problem for me is I was, I was chronically, um, broke. And, uh, so I would, I would kind of rely on the, the kindness of strangers, uh, at school if I, if I didn't have any drugs myself, which is probably how we, uh, we came to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I gotta say this. I was, I was thinking about this today because, um, you know, I was thinking, you know, for a long time, I, I kind of blacked, I, you know, I tried to block off those years. I, I didn't make it four years uh, through college, largely due to my, uh, my my drinking and drug use, probably. And, uh, 
and just the general malaise of, a, of an 18, 19 year old uh, kid. But uh, um, he was one of the most affable guys to ever smoke crack with, you know. Um, <laughs> Thank and, you. Uh, he never lost his charm, even in the darkest of hours. Uh, was uh, uh, excuse me, um, my, Mike. My parents uh, raised me right. You know? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. You know, I mean, I think, I think, you know, it was, uh, you know, there was always good conversation uh, when we could talk. And, uh, <laughs> you weren't grinding your teeth, and, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, was uh, was uh, you know, there, there was a certain. Uh, demonic uh, behavior that that accompanied uh, that drug, which is yeah, people know, get weird. I, I didn't, I didn't, people get very weird when yeah. you smoke crack with them. I, I've noticed. I, I there was only a couple times where I sat down with somebody and smoked crack for any amount of time, and like after like ten fifteen minutes, things get very weird. And after ten or fifteen hours, things get yeah. really weird because <laughs> then that's when you start look at, looking on the carpet for little pieces that you might have overlooked. And, yeah, uh, you know the keeping one ear on the door and one eye out the window for the cops and uh, yeah they're always coming to get you uh, boy yeah so uh, I, I didn't i don't remember you really? selling weed in in college did i buy weed off of you well frequently uh it's, i i um i had hash in those years oh weed. i had a good hash connection and uh i used to buy uh like a quarter pound blocks of hash off of a guy down in Washington Square Park. And uh, so I would have hash and then uh, mushrooms seemed to wind up in, in, um, in my uh, nice. possession. Off of that large quantities of mushrooms. So, yeah, well, mainly that stuff was, you know, limited to back home. You know, I, I had a really good acid connection at one point. Oh. And uh, I used to get acid from my neighbor for fifty cents a hit. Wow! And uh, can mark that up a lot. And, uh, <laughs> that was yeah. I was I wasn't lacking in funds at that point. Um, you know, I, I I could get rid of a, a hundred hits of acid in the course of a, a school week back then. This school week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> as as many drugs as I did, I only I only sold them. Very infrequently, and and the one time I remember thinking to myself, you know, I got to get a hold of my shit. Uh, my my friend, uh, who you also know, Harry, sent sent me a sheet of acid from San Francisco in the mail, and I got it uh, in my apartment. And uh, the dead were in town, and I took it down to Madison Square Garden, and I just <laughs> started walking around the garden, going doses doses and i was totally not the kind of guy to to pull that shit off you know i'm just i'm lucky i didn't get arrested you know <laughs> i did sell i did yeah. sell it all but but at the, but somehow word got around and and this point i had been thrown out of school and i had a, a succession of people knocking on the door of my apartment who i didn't even really know asking me if i had acid which oh, never yes. it's never a good position to be in it does uh make one uh beg to wonder who one friends truly are i guess <laughs> you're getting Strange knocks on the door for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. The dad, dad shows was like a shooting fish in a barrel for God's sake. Uh, hallucinogenics. Except oh, yeah. I will say this because our both dad had may even remember this particular night. 
I had had a, uh, I had a, I sold a, about a quarter pound of mushrooms up at Fordham. And uh, I had two eighths, two separate eighth-ounce bags of mushrooms. Oh, my God. Uh, left and a pocket full of cash. And I was going home to my uh, suburban hometown in New Jersey. And, uh, but Jerry was playing on Broadway. And, uh, 87. 87. And, uh, Jerry was playing on Broadway. And I, I said, well, I have these two bags of mushrooms. I didn't have tickets for the show, but I decided to go by the theater to get rid of the last bit of mushrooms on my way home. And I had gone to a prep school in New Hampshire for the last two years of high school. And I ran into a kid that I went to school with in New Hampshire who was also selling mushrooms. And neither of us were having very good luck. And um, he, uh, he said, ah, yeah, you know, he showed me. I said, let me see what, what, what you got there. And he had like a better quantity of mushrooms and they looked really, really nice. And better, and they were cheaper, I think, than what I had. Were they dry? And, uh, Do you remember if the good mushrooms were dry or damp? Because I seem to remember buying mushrooms in high school. Like sometimes they were a little damp, and you know. Do you remember where they? Uh, did you get them? They, yeah, yeah. They, they could best be described as uh, heady Captain Sims, Nate. Mm. Uh, and uh, so I think his were like purpley, you know, like Alaskan something, you know, something exotic. Mine were the, the variety that were probably grown in a sneaker in a uh, closet. Bronx, <laughs> you know. and, uh, I like the flavor and, uh, of mushrooms. They yeah. were effective. They were effective. Um, but in any case, I saw these two guys that I had not approached yet out in front of the theater. And, uh, and I said, oh, okay, Larry, good to see you. You know, I hadn't seen this kid in a year. He was from Vermont. And I was like, good to see you, you know? And I, I kind of brushed him off so that I could get the next two guys that I hadn't approached yet before Larry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, got, I went up to these two guys and I said, hey, fellas, you know, I got, I got mushrooms. And they're like, well, what do you got, you know? And uh, they said that they would give me two tickets for, my, uh, for the show for the remaining uh, mushrooms that I had. Oh, Wow. That's classic. It was, it was the score That's of the classic. century. It was, it was, the it was a t- that that yeah. was a very. If you're a deadhead, you know what a good deal that is because that was an extremely tough ticket. Two tickets to see Jerry Garcia for an eighth or more of mushrooms. I mean, that that's that's, that's a classic right me. there. I mean, and uh, <laughs> I mean the dollar value. You know, it was like the shrooms probably cost me like two fifty for the quarter ounce. You know. And, and the, the tickets were thirty bucks a piece back in those days. How a quarter ounce Very is a, a quarter ounce is a yeah. lot. Like I was thinking it's a about lot of mushrooms. Yeah, when I was in high school, I ate an eighth, and I was told that that was a lot for one person. Yeah. So a quarter ounce. I'm not very good at math, but I. <laughs> How many eighths in a quarter? I, I don't know. Two eighths and a quarter, right? So right. two eighths, okay. so, two fifty. Yeah, there were two individual eighths, and and the guy was all the guy said to me was like, "These better be good. You're sitting next to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no problem, no problem." <laughs> so uh, <It's> you know, <laughs> so you know these these uh, these were great. Uh, I you know I, I I've been listening to your guys' program and and oh, cool. uh, and uh, and I really uh, have been enjoying it. And I have been in and out of recovery, you know, 
I think I think Nate that you can probably appreciate this uh, many times over the years. <laughs> yeah. you know? Are you in or out and, now? Uh, do you, are you in or I, are you out? I am. Uh, I guess uh, I'm abstinent. Okay. You know, I am. Uh, so I'm, I'm. I am. I feel. Well, what was interesting is when I when I sort of I don't know how I came to to find out that Mike uh, was doing this program. Um, except it was probably through the magic of Facebook somehow yeah. or something. It was it was recovery. Uh, it was recovery elevator. Really, the recovery elevator. Uh, yes. Facebook group, which is where I found Nat, by the way. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like he's snooping around. It was some Facebook snooping. Yeah. You know, right. Like, what's this guy? What yeah. groups is he a member of? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was really interesting um, because. Uh, is a very good friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine for a very long time, and I'm always kind of uh, I'm always kind of blown away by his endeavors. And um, and I was thinking, geez, you know, like I I know that we did a lot of partying together over the years, but I didn't think I never thought of being, you know, I thought, you know, and I thought I, I was pretty moderate too, right? But you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> so you I know, mean, I'm not exactly the right person to judge these things, you know, but. But it, I was—I was kind of surprised. I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Mark is in recovery, and and I, I picked up the phone or messaged them or something and said, uh, "Hey, that's really cool because I I haven't had a drink since February," and uh, and then we you know we talked about it for a while, and uh, and uh, I think it, it I think it's a great um, it's a great um, uh, title that you've given this program because. Uh, <laughs> You know, if you, if you don't recover in your middle ages, it's probably you know the likelihood of seeing your salad years is probably well, yeah. in any Whoa. sort of good uh, condition is probably uh, yeah. This is you know, it. This maybe is not it. in the cards, right? <laughs> so you know? did you? So you stopped drinking in uh, February. I mean, like, what happened? Like the day before you quit? Like, um, did something horrible uh, happen? Or you just felt like shit that yeah, day. Yeah, actually, something did horrible happen. Well, that's, that's what I'd love to. Yes. You know, uh, you know, it wasn't because my life was uh, going swimmingly, uh, Nate. Right. You know, uh, I wish I could, I could. I wish I was that enlightened that I could say, like, hey, you know, things are really good. Yeah, I just published the book and I got sick of drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so. No, you know, but it, it was it was like it was the last time I wanted something horrible to happen in my life that that was caused by my drinking, you know. Is it something and, you can uh, talk talk to us about or would you rather not get into it? Well, you know, it's just you know what it is. I I I I got violent, Ooh. you know. And mm-hmm. uh I'm not a violent person by nature. I don't know, you know, I I I got into a situation where I had somebody staying yeah, you know, I, I did somebody a favor and let somebody stay at my place for a couple of days here in Florida. And uh, it wasn't somebody I particularly knew very well, but it was like I was kind of doing a favor for a friend type of thing. Right. And the guy showed up with a bottle of tequila, like a, like a really fancy bottle of tequila. And, you know, the one thing I had been curbing was my, my 80 proof intake right. for a long time. I just kind of... You know, like the past uh, several years, been sort of confined to uh, to beer drinking and uh, smoking weed for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. and um, this guy shows up with a bottle of tequila, 
and uh, and makes a suggestion that we go for lunch, you know, that, uh, I was like, okay, and there, there was no lunch involved, and I was kind of drinking <laughs> rum all day. And, Liquid lunch, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then it kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm back here with this guy in, in my place, and he, you know, he was kind of getting on my nerves, and I, and I try and get rid of him, throw him out. And, oh, shit. And I just, I just snapped and lost my mind, you know. <laughs> I never and, heard from him again. You know, again, the next man. thing I know, I, I, I did a Keith Moon in my apartment. You know, I just I just totally destroyed my apartment. Wow. Destroyed my belongings, destroyed my landlord's property. You know, I just snapped in wow. a way that I had never, I had never done before. Mm. And, uh, well, that's not entirely true either. I had <laughs> but after but that, I, you <laughs> so you reflected back on it the next day or when you came to, and you know I've I've been there too, where you're like, wow, like not, mm. you know, most of the time when I was getting high, I would, you know, th- that wasn't me, but I was a good version of me. I was high, I was happy, but sometimes after something like that happened, you think, man. Uh, I don't like that me very much, you know, if you remember it. And uh, and that was enough to uh, turn you around. Yeah, it's a, it's a lonely feeling when, uh, you know, piss everybody off. And, right. uh, you know, your girlfriend's not sure if you're really uh, the kind of person that she wants to be associated with. And, you know, the only thing I really had going, my landlord certainly didn't want, you know, he didn't want me living here in my in my apartment any longer. I was, I was you know, almost immediately evicted. And, um, and, uh, you know, the only thing I had going for me, you know, in those, in those days, uh, following were, uh, was the fact that I had a job. I hadn't, I hadn't lost my job. So as it turns out, I mean, I did some soul searching and, and, um, did some heavy reflection and, you know, I, I didn't have to leave my apartment right away. I was given till the end of the month. So I was kind of able to pull things together enough to, you know, make this decision. You know, what I did is I, I, I got some help that I hadn't gotten before. Mm-hmm. Right? You guys talk a lot about different programs. And, you know, I had been through the Betty Ford Center back in the 90s and the early 90s. Wow, I fancy. Went, I, I remember Three that. DWIs. I went to... Three DWIs. Know, I, I, I Three DWIs wow. over the course of 10 years in New Jersey. Wow. Uh, so I, you know, after my third one, I did, you know, I did 90 days of rehab in New Jersey and Florida, you know, to sort of, you know, abate a, uh, 180 day mandatory jail sentence. I I could get some time off of, you know, time in a county jail if I spent it in a rehab. So, and I had some sobriety after that and, uh, you know, so you know, I got along. You know, I got all, I, I get I got all the indicators that there's you know that I have a problem with, with um, substance abuse, right? And I and I have a lot of knowledge about substance abuse, and I, I think you might be able to appreciate this also, uh, Nate, because um, you get you acquire a lot of knowledge, right? Oh with yeah, and, yeah. I feel like I'd have it. I should have a doctorate. You know? Yeah, we could have degrees in this. Right. Show, right? <laughs> Yeah, a whole yeah. lot of good it does, though. You right. know, sometimes. Well, that's it. I mean, until until you're ready to just say, you know, this is not, this is just not, you know, I I, I had all the knowledge, all the, I knew where to go, I knew what to do, and all that stuff, but uh, I didn't want to stop doing right. what I was doing. And that, yeah. was, that was apparent 
Yeah, the proof is in the pudding, right? Because I always return to drinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard uh, to avoid it, right? I mean, everywhere you go. I mean, when I got when I stopped smoking crack and, and looking for heroin, you know, it's not like every time I went to the gas station, uh, they were ha- selling heroin and the guess you can always get a beer. Yeah. And your girlfriend and your wife is drinking a beer and you go out to dinner and they're giving out alcohol. So it's much harder. You live down in Florida, you're kind of near the water. I mean, I'd imagine like most places near the water there's pretty pretty big drinking culture involved down there oh yeah it's it's a carnival atmosphere you know and uh and that actually is what that carnival atmosphere is what is actually saving my ass right now Mm. because how so um it's just the well as you know as, as, as nate was talking you know saying well there's all this temptation all around you and i guess that's true you know um, that it is available. But one of the things that I decided to do when I, you know, I, I got some help. I, I, I got some counseling, actually. Mm. I, did, I did a an intensive outpatient treatment program, you know, that, that I guess was sort of under the umbrella of, of maybe substance abuse, but other issues also, like, anger management, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So it was more holistic than just a straight, uh, than just a straight sort of, uh, alcohol program. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I was, I was adamant that I wanted to, cause I, I think that it was more, I had more of an emotional problem than, than a, uh, it, at that point in time, I had some serious emotional problems mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were sort of manifested in, uh, in, uh, in drinking in a way that they hadn't been maybe, when we were kids, just partying. Right. Right. So, you know, um, so actually it was just the opposite for me. The fact that I could get a little bit of clarity in, in, in my own life and then sort of, I mean, I see drunk people all the time. Mm. Adults, reasonable, you know, people from all walks of life, you know, that come down here and just get blasted (laughs) uh, in the middle of the daytime. And, and, and what's great about that is, is I can go, my God, uh, I, I just, I can see the pathos, you know. Yeah. Right? It's different when you're not participating. <laughs> it looks totally different. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, some of my buddies down here, like, you know, when we're younger, because I've, 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 you know, kind of a history in this part of Florida for many years. So I, I do have some old friends down here, and when we and when we were younger, we did a lot of partying. But those guys now are, you know, maybe they're stopped drinking altogether, or they slowed their drinking down to the point where, you know, they just, you know, they don't want to be associated with people that are falling down drunk. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. And uh, a normal you know, way to think, you know, <laughs> if you're not yeah, falling down yeah. drunk, you don't want to be around these people <laughs> falling down drunk. Well, you know, and it's, the, the thing is, is, you know, it's a small little island that I live on, so there is there is a very small local scene here, you know, and and you know, and you if you were me, you would think all well, all the locals are drunk, you know, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> but right. All, the, all the locals I know are drunk because <laughs> you know I'm a drunk, so yeah, we're all drunk. But it's just it's just it's nice to kind of look back and it's not like I have, you know, 20 years of sobriety under my belt. 
but I can I can sort of look back at myself and, and kind of laugh a little bit. And uh, and and what I decided to do this time when I was getting sober was was that I was not going to sort of live in the problem in the way that maybe AA makes you mm. constantly remind you of what you were. Right, right. announcing you're an alcoholic at every turn, and and internalizing that, and living with it, and having it be all over everything all the time. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a scarlet letter to me because I mean, I got sober. I, I I've had periods of sobriety on this island, also in Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was like I'd run into people in the supermarket, you know, and be like, "Well, I wouldn't be able to be in the suit in this supermarket if I was still drinking," you know. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> you know, like really, <laughs> you know." I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, I was like, what about the anonymity thing, man? You know, I know a lot of people here in the supermarket, they don't all know I'm a drunk, yeah. you know, like everywhere I went, I was being announced, you know, as a, you know, as a, you know, I, I, I started running at one point. I, I did this little 5k and, you know, I ran into this guy that I knew from the program and at the end of the thing. And I was like, I, you know, I was, I was surprised I could run five kilometers. Much That's less. impressive. Yeah. 3.1 miles and, and, is a long uh, way. Yeah, and you know, I ran into this guy I knew from the program. And he's like, "Well, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to do this six months ago." You know, I was like, "Yes, I would have." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would have. You know, like, I, you know, I just, I just, I, I got, I got, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to take a more. I wanted what I really wanted to do, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the brightest guy in the world. I wanted to keep it as simple as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, I, what I've done is just made this thing like an object. And, and maybe this, this is some kind of a Zen type thing, no better. Maybe it's a little, you know, I wanted to objectify the problem and put it outside of me and be able to look at it hmm. and look at alcohol as a thing, as, a, as an object mm. that, you know, that like fire or like something, you know, that's, that's you know, mm. it, it exists, it's there, you know, it's neither good nor bad. You know, but for me, it's not for me. So I, and I just don't want it. You know, I don't want it. Yeah. uh, That's, that's the key is to not want it. You know, like for me, um, when I finally got to a place where, uh, I saw like, I was like, my wife might be drinking or with dinner or something. I, I've gotten to a place where I don't say, man, I wish that was me, man. I wish I, I could just have a glass of wine. Um, right. And if you can get there, uh, and look, and some people need to go to AA three times a week and do the constant, you know, like um, reminding and working steps and things. It's, and some people absolutely need that. Um, but I think it sounds like for you and like maybe for me, um, if, if you can get away from it long enough to not think about it all the time and you, you know, retrain yourself to not look for that to make you feel better. Um, like you, I don't want to be around alcoholics all the time. I mean, uh, I like a lot of the alcoholics I've met and the drug addicts, but, um, I like the idea of, you know, being, you know, sort of out in the world and not constantly be talking about it, even though now we do this <laughs> once a week. Right. Um, but, but that, yeah, but that kind of, you know, it, it, what we do kind of keeps it Front and center, right, right in front of your face, That's but not about so it. in your face that, you know, it's, it's oppressive. Like, yeah, I don't have to go 
go to an AA meeting to have it keep it in front of my face. Yeah. And the, thing, and the thing is, there's there's some. I mean, this is all of our experiences, right? I mean, there's a lot of commonalities uh, in in the addiction experience, but you know, we're also all wired a little differently, and the way our brain approaches things is going to be different. Sure. Yeah. I and I don't want to be one of those uh, bashers of AA either. Because I I have met some of the most incredible uh, people in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I, but I've also met some of the most incredible people, you know, on on the Bowery, you know, mm. and uh, you know I don't and I you know I don't want to romanticize that so much, but but the point is is that you know I I I've you know I've seen. You know, I, I've seen the rewards or the, the promises fulfilled at Alcoholics Anonymous, but uh, for me, and I think it had it had to do with a lot of uh, maybe some, some of the Catholic guilt type stuff mm-hmm. or whatever it happened to be. It, it, it I just felt um, I felt that uh, I I felt like I was constantly being judged one way or another yeah. by, mm-hmm. by a multitude yeah. of different people, like. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. And, yeah. and, you know, there's mm-hmm. always an answer for all that stuff, you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. you know, but but I I'm just not a joiner, you know, and uh, you totally. know I don't belong to the Lions Club or the, you know, the <laughs> it's Rotary that stuff either. You know? Well, yeah, look, you're not yeah. cured yet, right? So you have to keep listening to our show, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, maybe yeah. Do you have to do something daily, or do you have like um, a mantra that you repeat, or do you just kind of you know talk yourself out of things that you used to want to do? I got a daily basis, uh, you know, when it comes up, or uh, how do you get it out of your head, well, or are you just retrained completely? I, I'm I'm working on a. Um several things now, you know, uh, you know, I feel like I've, I can, I feel like I've, I've, I've moved, you know, far enough away from alcohol where, you know, it's not that it's not a problem for me, but, you know, I'm always, I'm always conscious of the fact that, you know, I could drink today, you know, right, I could if you go wanted, down right. around the corner, you know, I keep that very, very conscious, uh, if, you know, and, uh, but I also kind of think it through a little bit and go like, well, you know, what would be the, really the point of all that at this point? I was, I was really given, I really feel like I was given a grace because I didn't end up losing my apartment. I didn't end up losing my girlfriend. Like, so I feel like I not only owe it to myself, but I owe it to, yeah. you know, sort of the community at large, you know, to be a better citizen, right? Yeah, don't <laughs> wait for rock I, bottom, I don't, right? I, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to ever call me a drunk again. You know, yeah. that, that's enough for me. You know, like I don't want anybody to call me an alcoholic or a drunk. Yeah. That's a personal uh, pride. Drunk and, yeah, absolutely. You know, I just, I, I just don't want that. And, uh, and the only way that I can avoid doing that is by, by not being drunk, you know, and not, not drinking. Right. So, you know, problem solved. No, yeah. <laughs> no um, <You're> cured. <laughs> we're just going to wrap I'm up good. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, what I'm working on right now, and that I'm very proud of, but that is a much more of a struggle, is tobacco. You can't be sober if you still smoke. Yeah. You know, when these guys are, in, <laughs> and you can still smoke in the room. You know. Yes. And uh, it's like that guy. You can't be. So, and they throw the guy out. You know, get out of here, and they throw the coffee pot at him. You know? <laughs> and uh, uh, so when they stopped, uh, when they stopped smoking in the rooms. Boy, I remember that too, you know, and, uh, 
and those were interesting times, you know. I mean, yeah. people know, don't smoke in AA anymore. They were making me wear a mask. They here. don't smoke in the rooms, but uh, there are a bunch of, of course. Like you if, can still smoke it, in. If oh. you're looking for an AA meeting, just drive through town and look for uh, all the people, people drinking coffee outside. and smoking yeah. outside of a church. Are there still smokers meetings? Oh, there are still yeah. meetings where you can smoke? At, not in the really? church, but yeah, everybody's, you know, smokers around there. And um, What about vaping? Do people vaping, vape? Vaping, of course. I'm vaping right now, uh, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But if you if you had one thing to tell one of our listeners who's kind of on the fence about quitting drinking or drugs, if you could give one like word of advice that that could uh, you think that would help them, what would it be? <laughs> That's an interesting question, really, um, because uh, I think you have to listen to your heart, you know. And, you know, the, the biggest lie is the one that we tell ourselves. Yes, right? yeah, that's absolutely. it. So, that's a T-shirt. Know, We're going to make that. That's great. <laughs> the biggest, you know, and I think that really hits the nail on the head for me. The, the biggest lie would be the one you tell yourself, um, right? The honesty to yourself, I think, is a huge, huge part of uh, getting better. It is hard to get to that place. Yeah, it really well, it was hard for me as well. I mean, for everybody, because I mean, the whole so much of this is self delusion. You know, sure. You you watch from the outside looking in, your your things are falling apart, and life is really not going so well. But you know, I'm not so bad. I'm but inside, so bad. it's yeah. like, yeah, well, I you know, everything's okay. I, yeah. I still have a, you know, I'm not. My wife hasn't thrown me out yet. <laughs> you know, or yet. Yeah, there's you know, I have you know friends of mine that are that are struggling with this right yeah. and and uh they are our age they are they are not in recovery in the middle ages <laughs> and uh and you know uh i think of one you know whenever i sort of think about you know fighting for this, this through this life of you know addiction and 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 uh recovery I think it was one friend of mine that I grew up with that's really, really, I, I, I just saw him. I was up north for a funeral uh, a couple of months ago, and, and I saw him, and he just was just refused to believe that I wasn't drinking. And I didn't even tell him I wasn't drinking. I was wow. just drinking coffee, you know, at the... At the uh, I have friends like uh, that. They, they don't believe me. You know, <laughs> you know the guy's like sitting there getting wasted and, and, and just like, calling me a liar you're a liar <laughs> like, you know like all this stuff okay you know? buddy yeah <laughs> whatever you say so like wait till i tell him two weeks off the tobacco man you know <laughs> well uh, the thing about really, quitting uh, uh quitting alcohol at our age i mean i i think i mean what's the old saying is right if you don't if you don't stop drinking like a wild man by the time you're 30, you, I mean, you either quit or you go pro, right? <laughs> so, so when you go pro and you, you get another 20 years under your drinking belt, uh, when you get to, you know, hanging around the, the, the neighborhood we are in like around 50 years old, it's like staying quit, I think is easier than quitting. Yeah. Because you have the maturity of some life experience to kind of look at things proportionally and, and play the tape forward and see where that's going to end up. And the, yeah. and the, the, the result of, of you continuing to, to go out there and booze it up all the time is predictable and much sooner than somebody who are in their twenties who has a bender and right. destroys their apartment. And then is like, you know, I still, I'm still going to be alive for 80 more years. Right. Or whatever. Right. Um, but I think there's so much mental, uh, you have so much of a mental lock on the way you think 
that it's harder to get to the point where you can quit. Yeah. But once you do quit, I think it's a little easier to stay quit. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. That's the case. <laughs> One hope. One hope. One hope. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it, it's good to, um, it's good to have people to talk to about this sort of stuff because uh, there are people that either refuse to understand or just simply don't understand, um, you know, what, what, what all this entails for people who have these issues. Right. And I think the stigma is, uh, is, is still there. And, uh, I mean, it, it was apparent last night, uh, during the debate, right. I didn't watch it, but I heard that, you know, Hunter Biden was attacked for his addiction, right. you know, and, and I'm not going to speak to, you know, who said it about water, or whatever, all that stuff. It's just like that, that is still very much, sure. uh, in the world where, where, uh, you it's know, a stigma. It's a I don't very, know if you guys yeah. have done a done a show on the, you know, I've had friends of mine who were actively drinking when I wasn't drinking want to debate the disease aspect. You mm-hmm. know, is it a disease? Is it not a yeah, you know, it's very interesting. We, we've danced around the, that topic yeah. a bit. Yeah, but I, I will know, say just like, to, to not to move off Biden for a minute, but but when he was attacked, he did to his credit stand up and say, you know, I'm very proud of my son for 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 vanquishing or battling with his addiction and the, all the work he's done about that. Yeah. So he didn't really uh, take the bait, as it were, and, you know, throw his son under the bus, which is always nice. But that's, <laughs> that's all the politics we have. Yeah, that's <laughs> we are uh, running low on time, so I'm at a, we're at an hour now. Yeah. So I'm going to... Um, wow. Yeah. I'm going to be editing a great. lot of names out like of a, this. I feel like I could talk to you fellows all day long. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could we certainly have you have you back. Um, yeah, we you know, I really appreciate it. I like Seamus. Oh yeah, did yeah. I? You've been calling me by my yeah, name, and guys, I've been calling you by you, your name I the entire know. hour. Sorry, so. I, I was practicing all this too. I know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Just more. If, uh, if you editing. want me to come back and do some voiceover work, yeah, you know, so we can, that's right. We can go into the studio and do some voiceovers. Yeah, stuff. but thank you so much for coming on. It was nice to meet you. You know, virtually. Well made. Yeah, and I think I think yeah. the listeners are going to get yeah. get quite a bit out of hearing your story and your perspective. So, thank you, uh, Seamus. Well, I, I really appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. All right, All right. great to talk to you. Talk, talk to, to you soon. soon. Bye bye. Take care. Seamus. 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 Also known by the other name that you've probably heard 35 times <laughs> anyway you know so that was really cool it was really yeah. you know they very um it got deep it didn't go where i thought it would yeah, go uh, i don't know what i was thinking but um yeah you know he really um was uh he got yeah like you said a little deeper and i feel like you know we was kind of dancing around some some deeper issues and it sounds like he's really um like a deep thinker about it. It does. At first, I thought he was just like one of these guys that just like ah, just stop drinking. Right. Um, no, a lot, lot more went into and it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started to sort of they started to tease it out. You know that. You know some of the things that he was thinking about. And um, yeah, great, 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 great. So thank you, Seamus. Everybody, uh, everybody we have on, I want to have back for follow ups. Yes. So all yes. those all those people <laughs> we've had on so far. Well, you know, no celebrities coming just yet. Not yet. Just but, wait. Um, just wait. So what's next? So what's next? We have recovery in, in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's recovery in the news. Recovery in the news. Recovery in, in the news. news. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so we're back to um, 
celebrities getting sober. Yeah. Uh, so there's this uh, this thing that was creating a buzz on my Facebook feed. Have you ever heard of Dex Shepard? So the short answer is yes. You have. Um, okay. I know him primarily from the movie Zathura. My kids love ah, that movie. Okay. And he was great in that movie, but that's but as far as I go with Dax. Well, he has a he has a podcast that's just apparently popular and that apparently he got real about his battle with substance abuse on the latest episode of his podcast called An Armchair Expert. Yes. He titled it Day 7 and he revealed that he had been started taking opioids again after mm-hmm. recently celebrating 16 years of sobriety. Yeah, I listened to some of that actually. Did you? I okay. did. Even though I don't know the show but like it was on one of my uh, addiction recovery groups hmm. and people were like you got to hear this. So. Hmm. Um, I guess in the past he had uh, addiction to pain meds and alcohol and cocaine. And what I, I thought was interesting is what he um, said in, resp- you know, one of the things he said on the podcast was a lot of people have been inspired to try sobriety based on how open we are about it. And I had a huge fear that those people would feel maybe misled. And another part of it is ego mm-hmm. that I have 16 years, I have 16 years, I have 16 years. And that's something that people might aspire to have. Um you know, I know we've talked in the past about the whole counting days business mm-hmm. and how that can sort of box you into a corner. Yeah. And I'm wondering I mean, how much of that went on, you know, here where you just can't let go of that or it'd be, you right. self-identify with the amount of time that you have yeah, versus I mean, the amount of success that you've had. It, you know? it, that's tricky because it's like you don't want to not, um, you know, celebrate that you have that much time. Absolutely. But when you get into this a situation that he was in and he was taking had something to do with he hurt himself and then he was taking the opiate for pain and right. then it it kind of moved into you know not so much for the pain anymore and not that um, kind of pain anyway right <laughs> but um you know does he really have to fear all of this like um all of this judgment and lo- quote losing all your time uh i think you know, it's a delicate... as sick as our secrets. Exactly. You know, you open your mouth and a, uh, and a femur falls out. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it was great that he, you know, just by doing what he did and coming clean with it, um, I think that that's, uh, it's going to help other people understand that, listen, like his whole sobriety doesn't go out the window. In fact, he might even grow a little bit from this. And I think maybe it's better to say how long you've been in recovery. Um, that's that's more what I'm thinking. Like I like I, that. Yeah, I've been in recovery for, you know, like six, seven years um, instead of just, you know, um, looking at clean time. That's great. Right, because that's like, you know, how long yeah. did you go to college, you know? Nice. Um, 13 years. There you go. So, like, I've been going to college for 24 years. Um, the only person I met who took longer than me. <laughs> I know. That's and amazing. I still don't have a degree. Um, yeah, so that's that's very interesting. So, Dax Shepard yeah. comes clean right. on his addiction Usage. And that's this week's episode of yeah. Recovery in the News. Love right, this one. It's really cool. All right. And now this, what we got? Uh, it's this week in Weird. Oh. Weird. Weird. Three underground lakes found on Mars. Scientists studying data from the European Space Agency's Mars Express Orbiter have discovered a trio of subterranean lakes hiding beneath the surface of the Red Planet. Oh, shit. The remarkable findings, which were made by a team of researchers at Roma Tre University in Italy, were revealed in a paper published Monday. The authors explained that the discovery came about by happenstance 
happens. That's a word. It's one word and it's called, and it's happenstance. I love Mm. it. As they were initially attempting to confirm the existence of an underground lake on Mars that was first detected back in 2018. And I think that's more than just weird. That's very interesting. I mean... Underground lakes. Underground lakes. I I wonder if they have like blind Martian fish (laughs) swim around over there and bats, Martian bats. Yeah. That would look like. I mean, Mars, I think there's a lot about Mars um, that we don't know. And I feel like it's going to be... Aliens. It's aliens. It's definitely aliens. (laughs) And uh, so that's This Week in Weird. Right. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I feel like we've had a great show, Mike. Um, you're going to have a lot of editing to you, getting out your um, your uh, all of the names to be yeah, edited. It's okay. It's just uh, part of it's part of the biz. You know? And uh, we've got a uh, pretty interesting um, thing. We, Kin Euphorics has actually given us a uh, a ten percent discount code for all of our um, listeners. Do you guys want to know what Ken Euphorics is? Yes, can <laughs> you Ken Euphorics, uh, read the thing on the back. It's okay. Nice oh, the future of revelry is in our hands. Did you know this? I did not. I, I did not either. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, 40,000 foot view. Kin is, uh, it's a non-alcoholic beverage that is geared towards replacing a cocktail with something that doesn't have alcohol in it. Right. Like, or something like Essentially. that. Essentially. Yeah. Although they call it... Um, Euphorics for humankind. Yeah, it's, so um, that's you know. So we've tried this before. I think we're going to push the um, the taste test. Uh, they sent us a couple of um, couple of drinks. We're running really long, uh, but if you do want to buy it, you well, can. Uh, the coupon code is Recovery Podcast for Bliss, and you get ten percent off. And uh, link will be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. So thank you to Kin for sending us those samples, and uh, we will get to that next time. Um, and also don't forget to like us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, thank you guys for listening this week. If and only, thank you to if Seamus. only one tenth yes. of the people that liked us on Facebook would listen to the podcast. Yes. That would be good. Right? It would be unbelievable. I'd prefer like 20% yes. or so 50. Please, nice. yeah. please. And tell a friend and ask. I mean, I have to ask, I'm sorry. I, yes, just, well, I have to know if yeah. you're liking us on Facebook and not listening to the podcast. That's weird. Why? Why? <laughs> why? Just listen to the podcast. Yeah, if Help you're doing out. that, tell us why, because yeah, that'll be right. a sub exactly. first show. Okay. Uh, anyway, sorry, I digress. So, yes. As we say, non proficiat perfectum. Uh, progress, not perfection. All right. See you next week. Be good this week.